tuned in to KZMU Radio Book Club. We come here to hang out with y'all every Monday, first Monday of the month at 5 o'clock. So that's what we're doing right now. We're coming to Talk Books Radio Book Club. I'm Sherry, one of your hosts, and this evening... I'll be joined uh, by Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Jesse's from the library. Hello. Good evening, Moab. Yes. And then we also have Alyssa joining us. She actually hung out with us last month, and we loved it. So she gets to come back. Hi, Alyssa. Hey. And how Alyssa's, is everyone? <laughs> Alyssa's coming in from uh, Back of Beyond Books. Of course, I'm coming from Back of Beyond Books as well. And every... Once a month we come and, of course, other than just talking about books, we get into some lively conversations. Every once in a while we pose a few surprise questions for the the folks here. I, I might have a few of those tonight. And we talk about events usually, kind of what's happening at the library and what's happening at the bookstore in the upcoming month. Uh, we also take a look at bestseller lists from uh, the indie bestseller lists and then we kind of round out our time together with a little um, round table of what we're excited about and what we're reading both uh, what we have been reading and what we're excited to read down the road so that's just kind of the lay of the land and I haven't been on the lay board here for a while so Forgive me if there, you know, there's a few bumbles and stumbles, but it is kind of exciting to be back up here and running the board and hanging out with my book people. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so I think what we'll kind of do is just take it over to Jesse to see what's happening. I, I, I have one particular question for Jesse before we figure we find out what kind of uh, event what kind of events are going on over at the library how was the showing of how to change your mind it was really cool was so, it um yeah i had a, a handful of people more a little more than a handful of people come to both um to both evenings we showed episodes one and two the first night and the next week episodes uh three and four and it was a little bit of a different approach than um, the way he took us through the book was. Um, um, so, okay, so backing up, we're talking about This Michael is Michael Pollan. I was just going to say, <laughs> we're I, talking about this is where we bumble and stumble. We got to get you back. Okay, level the playing field. This is Michael Pollan's um, How to Change Your Mind that what is a, is a recent documentary film that was... Uh, aired. At, That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, based on his best-selling book from yes. 2016, which is about the uh, new science of psychedelic use in therapeutic se settings. Settings. Yes. Um, medicinally, not recreationally. Um, and um, in the book, he sort of takes us through uh, four major chemical substances, mm -hmm. plants, and otherwise, um, through his own personal experiences as he. Um, as he tries some of this himself but in the mo in the in the documentary um series that we watched he this is um, almost all through the lens of 
other people who uh, tried these substances to help with severe depression, suicidal anxiety. Yeah. Uh, tendencies, yep, anxiety, um, uh, addiction, mm-hmm. breaking cycles of addiction and abuse, and um, coming to terms with um, uh, mortality, people that are, yeah. are looking at um, their, their lives um, being shortened by cancer or something. Anyway, um, needless to say, it is a... Um, this is a pro approach um, in the in the argument. Um, these people were all dramatically helped, and um, I found I was really appreciated. Um, there's there was a lot of science in the background. There was a lot of history, indigenous and otherwise. Yes. Um, for the uses of these medicines, and um, um, I appreciated that it wasn't uh, the like the graphics and. Um, and what the imagery wasn't super trippy or, or um, weird. It was it was it was a pretty it was a pretty straightforward um, scientific and anecdotal evidence approach. Anyway, um, I think I think it was it was really it was really good. I thought it was really yeah. well done and definitely got me thinking a couple of little bit differently about a couple mm-hmm. of things. And um, I think that it could be. This could be a valuable, really valuable approach if some of the um, the stigma was removed right. from, from some of and this. And did you do all four episodes, or three mm-hmm. or four, mm-hmm. all four we episodes? Did. So mm-hmm. that's been done. And that's done. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I just had a curiosity about looping in, um, back into that and see how that went. So what about other events? What are we looking for? What are we looking forward to at the library? Well, happy August, everybody. Um, The library (laughs) does have a couple of cool things coming up. Um, We're going to be hosting a really remarkable art show at the library in a couple of days. There's a traveling art exhibit. It's been on hiatus. We've done this, hosted this before. Uh, It's been on hiatus during the pandemic, but we're really glad that they're coming back. The... um, Utah Division of Arts and Museums is loaning us the uh, Allstate High School Art Show, and here's a little <laughs> here's a little description. So, the work selected for the traveling exhibition illustrate the exceptional talent, diversity, originality, and creativity of Utah's young visual artists. The exhibition is also a tribute to the art teachers, very important in Utah's high schools, who inspire, direct, and refine the work of these artists. These um, high school, wow. the high schoolers, these works of arts will absolutely blow your mind. They're just the, the quality and uh, originality of these is just really, really fun. Wow. So we'll have another one in the fall that will be a different theme. Um, but come to the library anytime after August 4th. We'll have um, paintings in the lobby and in our large meeting room as well. And that is a really a real treat. It's really fun to have some fresh art in the library. Um, then on August 12th, which is Friday at 6 p.m. at the library, um, we're lucky enough to host uh, <clears throat> astronomer and NASA Solar System Ambassador Crystal White. She is going to come talk to us about the new images we've received from the James Webb Space Telescope, which just about two weeks ago now sent back to Earth the, the first new stunning images of space they're glorious they're breathtaking incredible and she can do a little bit of a deep dive and tell us what we're seeing and what this means for the future of humanity for our exploration of space and our understanding of our universe um, she's really knowledgeable 
and it's going to be, it'll be really good. So again, when is that one? That is going to be <laughs> uh, Friday, August, Friday, August the 12th at 6 p.m. at the library. And just for and lesson listeners, uh, uh, Crystal also has uh, written a book, mm-hmm. and it's called Starry Night Adventures, and we do have that, I, I'm sure it's at the library. Do, do you have yeah, a copy? Oh, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah it's and a then, falcon. Yeah, it's, it's, a fa- falcon it's an actual dress. guide mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where you can take it with you out into the night sky. So, And another very talented local, Betty Maya Foote, did mm. a lot of the night exactly. photography for yep. that, too. So we're really proud of both of them. It's a great book. Yeah, check it out at the library or go to the bookstore yep. for that. Nice. Cool. Well, that is, those are the two, uh, the two biggies at the moment. Um, also, just want to remind everyone, there are two library book clubs, one in Castle Valley and one here in uh, Moab that meet um, uh, once a month to discuss books. They choose a wide variety of books to read and discuss. And if you, you are always invited, they would, lo- would love new members. Just give us a call at the library. 259-1111, easiest phone number in the world to remember. <laughs> or you can also check us out on moablibrary.org for any of the events, any of the wonderful children's programming, library, book clubs, um, or just give us a call and say cool. hey. Thank hey, you. Hey, Jesse, how do you work? Say that the book club is reading something, and, you know, there. do you beef up the copies when there's a book club, um, you know, sort of saying this is what we're reading this month, and do you tend to pull in one or two other copies? We for pull in a lot more. Than do that. you yes. really? So we are part yeah. of um, the the Utah State Library has a a couple different systems where we can borrow copies from all over. So cool. we'll get 10, 12, 15 copies sometimes, yeah. depending on how many people are reading the book. We they usually pick a few months in advance, mm-hmm. so we have plenty of time. There's also uh, the Castle Val- Valley Library Book Club. Um, uses a similar system called Book Buzz, and they'll help almost any book club. It doesn't mm. necessarily have to be library, but they'll they'll buy copies of a book. You can choose from a list of things they already own. They'll also consider your suggestions, and they'll send you as many copies as you need. I'm sure up to a point, but yeah. yes. So there usually are enough copies to go around. You can ask to be put on hold when those come in and we'll get you a copy. I've often wondered that, how you, you know. Yeah, we borrow them and send them back the next month. Excellent. For for the next book club. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, what do we have going on over there at B-O-B-B? Bring your own book to the (laughs) (laughs) bookstore. Yeah. (laughs) Build your own. (laughs) That's what I could say for. (laughs) Of Beyond Books. Alyssa, do we, what's exciting over there right now? So it's definitely like the dog Dog days days. of summer. Yep. (laughs) So not a lot in the way of events upcoming. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I am very excited about are all of the calendars and yes. the planners that have started coming in. <laughs> I love all of them. And Is I there t- one in particular you'd like to yes. share with us? One that I am the most excited about is the American Library Association Recommended Reads 17-Month Planner for Book Lovers. <laughs> it is so much fun. I bought the first one we got in as soon as it got in (laughs) but I'll get more don't worry (laughs) but there are book recommendations for every week for all 17 months and they run the gamut of genres and um, 
their journaling prompts and there's like habit tracking in there and that's really fun i have already started the list of what i want to read what does it look like it's ridiculous Visually. oh it's, look at that you've got two pages two already. pages of books that <laughs> this i is want, to want to read <laughs> this is right this is a tbr <laughs> yes. yes it's a little over the top and i love this planner for showing me how I can aspire to read more and how I'm probably going to fall short, but I'm okay. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And we also wanted to mention that recently we had community, re- we teamed up with Community Rebuilds and brought in uh, Bruce King, who just recently wrote Build Beyond Zero, New Ideas for Carbon Smart Architecture. And that was fun and it kind of an exciting little team up uh, between us and Community Rebuilds. We built that event pretty quickly, thanks to David uh, Everett, who owns the bookstore at this point. And, uh, you know, it was really fun to kind of get those two teams together and feel like we're a little event space again, which has, you know, been kind of ebbing and flowing at the bookstore. So... Yeah, I'm thinking that why don't we take a look at indie bestsellers next and just wanted to mention and let listeners know that we are Radio Book Club on KZMU Radio Book or Community Radio and let's let's kind of get a sense for what's going on in the indie bestseller world right now is talking with Alyssa and Alyssa (laughs) what were you saying about uh, Colleen uh, Hoover oh yes I'm just looking at the indie bestseller list and some of the other national bestseller lists recently and if it keeps trending this way, we're all just going to be Colleen Hoover booksellers. <laughs> she, it's just all of her books on the bestseller list. And it yeah. some of them rotate on and off, but they always come back on. And it's just really incredible to see how TikTok and BookTok has in influenced this over the past yep. year. She didn't she start out as self-published? Yes. Yes. And she writes and she writes kind of quick piece yep. thrill, thrillers, thrillers. With a female protagonist yeah. usually and a little mm-hmm. psychological drama. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They se- and I honestly haven't read any yet, but they seem like novel versions of the true crime podcast that everyone mm-hmm. seems to be devouring. And so she's really like just hit her niche market, but on top of that the whole concept of book talk is so interesting to me. It just seems like a purely crowd-driven, democratic way of recommending books. They're not classics. They're not banned books. They're not these literary highbrow no. things. They are readable, what you enjoy, how do you feel when you read them, and let's go from there. And it's really inspiring a lot of conversation in the TikTok space, which it's just, I don't think that publishers or authors or anyone really could have foreseen the Mm -hmm. way this was going to impact sales. Because the other one, too, is... um, oh, Book lovers. Book, well, and Madeline... Isn't that her name? Madeline Miller with uh, Circe Circe. Mm -hmm. and Song of Achilles. Those are Mm -hmm. older books. Yeah. They're not new publishing. 
new publications mm-hmm. and they've stayed on bestseller lists and a lot of that is because of TikTok. Seven Husbands hmm. of Evelyn Hugo, yeah. uh, Hugo also Taylor came Jenkins. a lot through. And yeah. it's interesting because I was talking with my uh, Harper Collins rep last a couple of days ago and she she said, Sherry, just just hear me out. Just let me talk for a minute about what's happening in the romance genre. And I think that some of that TikTok, that's where there's this merging happening as well. Um, and, and booksellers are getting, I would say, more and more excited about what's happening. And there's a lot of new diversity mm-hmm. in the romance genre. And she just said, just let me talk to you for 10 minutes and give you three really great romance novels. And so, you know, she said, this is kind of the trend and I do think it's coming in a little bit from TikTok. Um, And uh, not to say that I'm against that at all, (laughs) you know, but like what constitutes a romance novel and is it rom-com or, you know, there's a lot of uh, subtlety in there, I think. Well, and I just think the fact that these books are on the bestseller list and remain on the bestseller yeah. list for so long is such a good indication of what you can influence with what you buy. Yeah, yeah. And not just in the book realm, but like, just think about that, everyone. Yeah. Everywhere, what you buy has huge power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and just to be clear, the three novels that are on the bestseller list of Colleen Hoover's are Verity, it ends with us and ugly love literally in that order. I think it's number four, five, and six or three, four, and five, four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. So anything else, Jesse, does anything, what pops for you on the bestseller list this time? So I like that we have some different lists going on. Yeah. Because we, you guys sell a lot of paperback. Yes. While the library has paperbacks in the collection. We typically buy we tried to buy hardbacks. They last a little longer. Well, at least they used to. I think things aren't changing. <laughs> so I download and print out every week the indie bestsellers hardcover okay. fiction and yeah. nonfiction. And so those always are a little mm-hmm. bit different. So And usually, not always, but usually newer books. Um, I'll tell you, I haven't read Colleen Hoover yet, but I really like sort of in that genre is Ruth Ware. Uh, and it girl. Uh huh. Yep. So I'm listening to the audio of Ruth Ware right now. Just barely started. Can't really report on it yet, except to say yeah. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> tell us a little bit about it. Is it? Um, so the setup is there's a, a young married woman who is going to have a baby soon. She works in a bookstore and she. Uh, you start to find out her backstory when she was at Oxford. Oxford, am I? Anyway, it's when she was at a prestigious college. <laughs> okay. Somewhere. Uh, a few years previously, her roommate was horribly murdered, and there was a horrible trial. Apparently, the man who uh, was convicted of doing it. Um, this is I'm not really spoiling anything. This yeah. is all like in the first few pages uh, has been in prison and she just finds out that he has died in prison and it's opening this all freshly back up in her into her um, mind and, and very upsetting um, ways and sh- sh- think some 
think some uh, surprises are coming. I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if that guy actually did it. There might be. Ooh. So anyway, he yeah her her roommate, a very popular uh, wealthy young lady, was uh, apparently strangled. Uh, on campus and it took years and years to sort out so we're getting a little uh, a little now and a little flashback so far and I have a feeling that those two timelines are going to converge and I'll tell you more about that next Excellent. next month I'm also really excited about Sylvia Moreno Garcia's new book The Daughter of Dr. Moreau haven't read this yet um, but I read her last one, which was called Mexican Gothic in English or Gotico, if you read the Spanish version. And that was just delightful. It was a little bit, um, a little bit like the fall of the house of Usher. It was, <laughs> but it, but told from a young woman's point of view, um, a little supernatural, very, very cool, very cool writer. Um, I enjoy, enjoy her a lot. And I'm also excited for the new Becky Chambers. Funny, these are all female authors. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Um, her <laughs> book, too, has just come out. It's called A Prayer for the Crown Shy. And it's uh, book two. The first one was called, um, oh, crikey, oh. A Prayer for the Wild Build, A Psalm for the a Wild Psalm. Build. And a Psalm for a the Wild lovely, Build. It was a lovely, lovely combination yeah. of... Um, of uh, devotion, uh, h- humans and and AI coming back together after the a huge robot apocalypse, and humans and robots separating. The Earth has actually had time to heal from what we are doing to it right now. Uh, many years in the future, and a young monk, a tea monk, that is her her discipline is to serve others with tea in in the way that they need to be served at the time. It's a very special discipline. She goes out wandering with her tea cart and meets a wild robot. And wild means that this robot has been put together from bits and pieces of defunct or decaying robots. And they teach each other about life. And it was the most hopeful Wow. Sweet. I don't mean triacly or sappy at all. It was just very gentle and sweet story. And it's a really short, quick read. And, and it was intelligent and unusual and hmm. uplifting. And so I'm looking forward to book two, A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers. And I will hush now. Thank you. <laughs> You've used a word that I've never used before. Triacly is that from treacle, like the mm-hmm. the um, sweet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, syrupy. Yeah, I like it. Saccharine. I do too. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, that was what I did. You latched onto that, that yeah. when you were talking. I was like, ooh, triacly, triacly. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna try and figure out how to use that again. Maybe tonight, tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'll find it. Maybe we'll find it together. We will. It'll show up. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, Alyssa, is there anything that you want to mention on the list? Um, I know that last month we had talked about a hardcover on the indie bestseller list, nonfiction, an immense world mm-hmm. that I was really excited about reading. And I did. Cool. Let's hear about it. Yes. Um, so I found out a couple of things. First, I really can't read natural history or science books on on paper. I have to listen to them. Really? Yes. I Fascinating. I know. For the life of me, they I just it doesn't keep my attention even oh. though I want to know what's in there. <laughs> so I listened to this book, which and I'm so so glad I did. The author Ed Young 
he reads it. And so that's also kind of a fun part mm-hmm. of it to me is hearing the author in their own words telling me what they've just researched. And so this one, um, like we said last month, it's all about how animals and just all of the different diverse species of the world experience the world in such different ways through their senses and it's such like niche information and science that the author ed young makes so accessible and so interesting and Real, it just really opens your eyes to the fact that like, you don't experience the whole world because you can't. You are confined by what you can physically sense and feel and mm-hmm. experience. And the same is true for other animals. And yeah. it brings up the question of like, what does that mean when we anthropomorphize animals mm-hmm. and other species? And like, wh- how are we shorting our own understanding of the world around us and also how are we shorting that species by Mm. saying they feel or see or think the way that we do because how could they they have a totally different set of parameters that they're experiencing the world from and the word to describe that is a german word and it's they teach you it right in the beginning and it's umwelt Umwelt. Can you spell it? Umwelt, maybe. So we've got a trickly, not a trickly word, umwelt. It's another fun word, (gasps) umwelt. What does it mean? U-M-V-E-L-T. And it is basically the confines that you are within or whatever species is within because it is what you, how you experience the world. Like we as people are so drastically visual because we have like really good contrast Mm. capabilities with our eyesight we can see pretty far Mm -hmm. we don't even have to see evolutionarily speaking as far as we are able to now Mm -hmm. and we see in just a very distinct color contrasted way that is not the norm for quite a few different species but that being said we can't see uv light and we can't feel the electromagnetic pole of the earth but there are other species that do and how incredible is that Mm. wow yeah Yeah. it's a really good book definitely read or listen however you need to get to this read or listen to it does he do much with interspecies communication or um the communication in general does does that come up much in the book it it comes up a little bit primarily in like the with like interspecies communication between us and the animals right. that we tend to right. spend the most time with right. but he's re- I, he's really like honing in on the differences and how like the differences in communication styles and the differences in lived experience of these species rather than interspecies communication and highlighting how how beautiful and magnificent that is and there's just so much of the world that you don't think about and you you won't experience and what Mm -hmm. richness there is in studying these these different species and creatures and Mm. trying to figure out how it is that they're experiencing it while keeping in mind that you can't describe it because yeah. how could you? 
it, it's just different. I'm going to do the weirdest seg- segue here from okay. that book to Lapvona by Otessa Moshveg. And the reason why it's such a funny, weird segue is, well, I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to where that, that lies. Uh, I picked up the very latest Moshveg and have not read her of. I haven't read anything else by Otessa. So the reason why I picked this up this weekend was, well, it is on the indie bestseller list, hardback, just out. And it, we, had, uh, we have a colleague, and I've gotten uh, her permission to speak her name on, on air. Her name's Kali. Uh, she, she actually read it, Latvona, and she loves Otessa, read Latvona last week and came in after reading it and said, I just want to hug this book. I mean, she literally just said, I want to hug. She did hug the book. She when I asked her how <laughs> yes. she was liking it, really? way through, she said earlier today when I was reading, I actually hugged hug, the book. She I literally so hugged much. the book. Yes. <laughs> and that's one of my surprise questions I want to ask to both of you is, is there a book you wanted to hug and why? And be thinking about that. Okay. And then so, so she was like, I just want to hug this book. And that was such a powerful recommendation. Indeed. Just like, okay, then I'm going to start my journey with Moshveg, who is in really interesting circles out there in the world from book talk to, you know, these kind of like side uh, groups and they're all speaking of things that I was thinking, well, it's time for me to see what's going on in that world of Otessa. So I spent uh, a couple of days reading it and was definitely blown away to a certain extent. Um, and uh, on one hand, really grossed out. I'll say it very, 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 very viscerally there's a lot that grossed me out in this book that hit my sense of oh that's way that's way too far um and but yet at the same time the way she writes visually um it's 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 powerful and you're left with these incredible images and so i texted Kali and i said well tell me why you like this book and, you know, what's going on. And, and um, she said, well, first of all, I think you and I are different readers. And she said, I'm a very visceral reader. And I think you're a more intellectual reader or, or you know, more of like a cerebral reader. So then I was thinking, well, what's the difference between visceral and cerebral? And I, I pulled out this little just mini kind of definition Uh, When presented with news and other information, we have both visceral and cerebral responses. The visceral comes from the emotional reaction and occurs immediately and almost spontaneously, while the cerebral response arises from our intellectual reaction involving conscious thought and takes a while to kick in. And I would say I am that kind of a reader. I'm thinking, I'm sort of side thinking the whole time. And I would say reading Moshveg, if you can just indulge viscerally then you're you're gonna be hit just over and over again with these kind of an incredible in a way kind of emotional ride or gut ride that's how I'd almost say it so um I there's a couple things we'll go back to the hug but what do you both think Jesse do you would you say you're visceral 
cerebral reader or maybe something not even of that or a combination I would definitely say I'm more of a, a visceral reader. Really? Yeah, yeah. I wish that I was a little more cerebral, and I think uh, if I had a little more... Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I do take things apart a little bit as I'm reading, but mostly I'm just feeling the impact. Feeling it. Yeah, and, um, and definitely good art will make me feel deeply. I don't yeah. always like what I'm feeling with, mm -hmm. with art, but um, with, with writing... Can you speak to Mushveg at all as far as anything that you've read that had any? No. No, I okay. actually I actually know her only by reputation. By but reputation. You better believe kay. I'm going to pick up Lap Bone. Yeah. Before <laughs> I'm super into these cracked female writers. This will be, be a good segue in a couple other books in a minute. <laughs> okay. What about you, Alyssa? Visceral, cerebral, combination of both, or something very different? So I think I'm a combination of both, and I think I'm naturally a visceral reader. Like, that's kind of the way that I begin. But I think being, like, going through school and graduate education, that kind of forced me into a cerebral readership. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I, I'm happy with the combination, but I do have experiences with books where I get to a segment or a passage yeah. and I have to put the entire book away from me. Um, if anyone watched Friends back in the day <laughs> the episode where um rachel makes joey read little women and joey makes rachel read the shining <laughs> Fascinating. that kind of visceral response both of them well it's mostly joey obviously when he's afraid of the book or doesn't like the book he puts it in the freezer mm. <laughs> and i can absolutely relate to that if it is too much it is i can't even look at the cover i need to put it away until i'm calm again to pick it back up which makes me positive that I should not read Lapvona. Yeah, oh, I, I love this. I love this. And I hope that by next month, uh, Jesse, you will have read Lapvona. And it, it basically, it's, it's a, a fable kind of tale set in a sort of middle ages. And there aren't that many characters. But, you know, you get this kind of story of the king and then the villagers. And there, you know, she really does write about a lot of base emotion and, and base experience and base interpersonal um, connection. But the reason why I'll call it the odd segue of all time is that from Immense World, mm -hmm. which is science, it made me think of, I'll just give our listeners one image. There's a kind of a nurse midwife, which character that's really pretty cool in Latvona and she ends up putting uh, taking some horse eyes and putting them she takes her own eyes out and puts these horse eyes into her head and then actually Moshveg does a pretty funny good job of sort of relating to then how she sees out of these horse eyes and whether it's true or not we can't really know but she she at least tries and she like she steps really in big leap kind of big leaps mm -hmm. and it, it's really pretty interesting but that's kind of a a great way to give a little vision of what Latvona is about you know that's just one of many many things where it she she does a very visceral job of telling you well she dug out these eyes and put these eyes, you know so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Latvona by Otessa Moshveg. Back to hugging. 
the book that we're yes reading. is there a book uh, uh, so that you'd say you'd you'd want to hug i think of two Mo- and they're very recent reads the first is and i talked about this one last month dictionary of obscure sorrows mm. just I hug it and it hugs me right back. <laughs> Regularly. Yes. After I, your review, I, the uh, library bought a copy. Yes. I just want to mention that yes. on the air. You can check that <laughs> book out at the library. Who, who wrote that again? Uh, John Koenig. John Koenig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And um, number two? Number two, I just have to say, The Slayer, How Buffy Staked Our Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> I love the series. I love the author who it escapes me right now, but don't worry. It's on my staff pick shelf. It's right there. You could find it. Oh my gosh. We even got a new puzzle in that has Buffy's, you know, just right there on the cover. The likeness, the slayer, (laughs) and all its metallic glory. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Jesse, did anything come to mind to you? Or is that too much? There's. I know. Anyway, yeah. the first two that came to my mind, though, was Cloud Atlas by mm. David Mitchell. When I finally read that book, I'd been hearing it was good for a long time. When I finally read that book and started to get the theme and figure out the sort of puzzle that is the book, I freaked. And it was it did not disappoint. That book stayed mm. tight for me the whole way through. Loved the themes. Loved the story. Cloud Atlas, David Mitchell. Mm. And then, I always say this, the Patrick O'Brien, Aubrey, and Maturin novels, there's really? 20 and a half of them. <gasps> but those books, I will never part with. Send me to a desert island. I'm taking that series. Any of them. Really? Any one why? Of them. Tell They're us why. So, so I'm not into naval history yeah. uh, normally. but um, And some of the descriptions of the rigging and trimming the sails, you does a little tedious but you can kind of skim through that the what i love are the relationships between the people you follow jack aubrey a sea a a captain in um in the british navy during the napoleonic wars and his best friend stephen maturin an irish spanish physician who becomes a ship physician and they travel the world they have the craziest adventures but it's the and oh my god and some of the same character many of the same characters follow you through almost all of the books and they're so richly drawn and their characters are so believable and they're freaking hilarious Mm. too they're really (laughs) funny really funny characters really funny stories every time you read them you'll you find new new anecdotes and new jokes even Mm. and um they're just there's so much depth and um and just delight in human weirdness (laughs) as well as extremely exciting adventures i mean Mm. don't get me wrong these are really wild they go all over the world uh, everywhere you can imagine during his whatever 20 30 year career Mm. yeah jack aubrey uh the aubrey maturin series by patrick o'brien i think i'm gonna stop talking now <laughs> <laughs> i think if i could bundle tie into a bundle all of jeanette winterson's books i'd oh, probably no. give a nice little you know hug for all of those as they have entered my life from the beginning and uh the way that she scra- scrambled language for me and built in a way you know i just finished the waves by virginia wolf and hadn't well I read it when I was very young and hadn't read it all of this time and 
made when I think about entering Winterson, if anyone wants a primer for Winterson, read The Waves by Virginia Woolf, because it, it's kind of this idea that you can write non-linearly and um, with a through thread, but the way that, I, I think what I liked, and this is a true testament, I think, to me as a cerebral reader, I just I the way that she uses language, I can stand back and just appreciate and there is that emotional realm too but I just want to stand and and just eat her words you know like ice cream and then maybe that's the visceral response (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I have one other question but I'll save it let's go to Jesse Jesse we had a little segue maybe moment there from Moshveg where are we going to go to a review well from you just wackadoo female writers. Okay, I let's cannot, go there. I cannot say how much I love Lydia Yuknovich. Uh, her latest novel just debuted a couple weeks ago, and um, it is called Thrust. And it is, I'm, I'm only partway through it, almost halfway through, so I don't have a complete picture yet. But sh- we're traveling all through time. We are watching the Statue of Liberty being shipped in pieces. The body of this woman, they describe this as the body of this woman who is supposed to embody liberty and freedom being shipped in the belly of this cargo ship to the U.S. and then put together by thousands of immigrant laborers. Um, welded mm. and, and pieced together and we have a little bit of the history of the um, sculptor that designed her and his love affair with his cousin a one-legged woman who is extremely um, independent for that time uh, but most of this is seen through the eyes of a little girl about 11 years old named I think I'm pronouncing this right alive or livey it's a um, Lithuanian word that means liberty I think um, she is, let's see, her, her mother is dead. Her brother, baby brother was kidnapped some years ago. The, this is in the future, 2058, I think it is. The seas have risen so that the Statue of Liberty, just the very tip of her torch and crown are sticking out anymore. But people travel on ferries to visit the, the little bit of her that still remains poking out of the water. Most of New York uh, Manhattan is flooded. Um, people live on higher ground now. Anyways, but this little girl, it's fine. It turns out Livey, Live or Livey, can uh, travel through time using tokens that she finds. A copper Indian head penny is, is the one we're with now. She also uh, can speak to some animals. There's a sea turtle and a very kindly whale at one point. There's a sea turtle on the cover, even. She is. <laughs> yes, there he is. Being a very handsome fellow. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I, uh, I she is just a fearless and audacious writer. She has quite a history herself. I've really enjoyed her previous book of short stories called Verge. Highly recommend that. Um, she writes for all of the misfits, all of the misunderstood people, all of the people who've survived abuse and trauma or been an outsider or have been told they're worthless. She writes for all of these people with such fierce compassion and um, just determination that no, you are the people that the world needs. 
Um, and this comes out in all of her writings, nice. as well as she's just got a lovely imagination. Why lovely is not quite the right word. She's she's <laughs> really she can be really weird, but I love it. She's just I'll say it again, audacious, fearless, yeah. and just really really enjoy. It. Very very fresh, cutting, unusual, sharp. Um, I like this Lydia, theme. Yeah, Lydia y- Yuknovich. I um. I do like her. Probably not for everyone, but if you're if you're up for a little a little challenge, something something unusual. Alyssa, what do you have queued up over there in that wonderful stack? Well, I just finished. Um, actually, I just finished listening also to Cult Classic mm. by Sloane Crosley. Another cracked female. <laughs> yep, another very. Um, probably audacious in a very different way um author but um honestly cult classic and thrust were one of some of the books that came out in early summer that i immediately saw the cover and was like i'm reading that Mm -hmm. i absolutely judge books by their cover and honestly (laughs) it very rarely fails so just so everyone knows you can try it out it'll work (laughs) that's true (laughs) but cult classic is first incredibly funny it's kind of a darkly funny um, and it's really a meditation on all of the ghosts that we're haunted by and whether we really even want to be free of them and how fair is it to ask ourselves or our prospective partners to free ourselves of our all of our specters that come with us from past relationships past relationships past places past experiences the book is absolutely focusing more on the relation the mm-hmm. past relationships um, the main character Lola is like oh gosh she's very funny and she has been a serial monogamist for her entire adult life she's like 38 when this book starts and she's newly engaged and Right after she kind of announces her engagement to her friends, she has these kind of ran- seemingly random interactions with exes, like three days in a row. And just she's in New York City, can't believe how would I ever run into these people, let alone three of them. And you get to spend the next two weeks with her while her fiance is out of town and she has all of these different interactions with exes and Mm -hmm. it's really her trying to figure out if she could have been if she could have been different in these relationships if they would have worked out and how do you decide who the one is and how do you decide the relationship you're in is the one that you should be in and there are some really interesting twists and turns with this book that I really don't want to give away, but it just left me a lot thinking about ghosts and w- what are the ghosts in your life and what what do you make into ghosts and and how does that impact your everyday relationships of any kind, let alone romantic relationships. It's just a really fun book. And nice. do you enjoy being... Some folks perhaps enjoy being haunted more Mm -hmm. than others. And there's the kind of that general idea of of haunting. And then there's that there is absolutely a kind of more 
even literary idea of of being haunted mm-hmm. and um there's a book and i'm not going to be able to pull up her name it just came out this year it's called bittersweet and it was on the indie bestseller list we'll we'll find that for for our listeners the nonfiction? Yeah, the nonfiction. I think that's Susan Kane. Susan Kane, mm-hmm. yeah, bittersweet. And it reminds me of that one a little bit with, with this idea that there are a grouping of folks out there that like that crossroads mm-hmm. between, and that kind of feels like the haunted as well a little bit to me, and this idea that you you like that... Um, that that feeling that kind of excruciating but ecstatic feeling mm-hmm. of being sad yeah you know mm-hmm. and that sometimes that kind of sadness can come in as th- that that idea of, of being a little haunted you know yes and yeah. kind of like what is the difference between being haunted and carrying like a talisman or a stone of remembrance that yeah. shores you up going forward yeah because it's a really fine line hmm. and Hmm. Well, in keeping with the tradition, wanted to let everyone know we're, we are KZMU Radio Book Club. On your dial at 90.1 and 106.7 FM, heard worldwide online at kzmu.org. Radio Book Club coming to you every first Monday of the month. We're, we're, we always just race through time. We only have about 10 more minutes, but... We're going to do some lightning rounds now. I, I think I have so many things I do want to mention, but I, I did read this, this week, Paranesi Par- by Susanna Clark, and that was my first foray with her. And I, I would say that there's this kind of interesting theme. I've been out on the waters <laughs> this summer, whether it be on the river or or lakes, or, you know, I'm headed into some Mediterranean waters coming up in September. And it seems like my books, the books I've been reading, like The Waves, Virginia Woolf, uh, Piranesi, that's a hard one, Piranesi, 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 (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay, but I'll keep trying. Uh, Also has this kind of interesting, it's a world that, Essentially, the character, we, we just start with this, this man, and he's in this kind of Romanesque uh, world with lots of pillars and marble uh, run down, you could say. But then underneath this, this uh, it's actually not even a world, it's a, um, it, it's a grand house, basically. And underneath this grand house the, is the ocean. And so he kind of just shows up there. So you as a reader show up with him in this um, very interesting um, constructed world. And there's only two other people that exist here with him. And you start to figure out why he's there. It's definitely uh, mysterious. You think that a lot of it has to do with his own mind. And so it's kind of this interesting psychology slash, I would even say, mystery thriller where we figure out why he's in this world but the world that she created uh, the language she used to give us this kind of 
um, grand Romanesque house with with halls that that you have to spend all day walking down and this beautiful kind of ebbing and flowing ocean that it that exists underneath it it's worth just reading it to get all of that um that that beauty it was very and then you know i didn't so much love how it really just turned into kind of a crime thriller a little bit but um i'm still going to recommend it <laughs> it was very atmospheric atmospheric and that's yeah, the word yeah that sense of yes. that sense of place will never leave me no in that story i can just that's exactly right. Feel it, see it. Yes, and it. and fe- like you can still hear the seagulls, and you know the um and and the the flood and yeah. So it's it's about water, and so anyway, let's. I'm trying to go fast. Okay, let's go to Jesse. Give All us right. another one. This comes highly recommended from my um, colleague at the library. She uh, is reading everything she can get her hands on by T. Kingfisher. This is a um, a woman who writes um, kind of inverted, weird, sort of fairy tale like fantasy. The one that she just finished that she hugged when she was done reading, <laughs> I, I believe, is called Nettle and Bone. And um, it is not your average fairy tale. I'll just read you quickly the little top of the blurb on the back. This isn't the kind of fairy tale where the princess marries a prince, it's the one where she kills him. <laughs> yeah. I read the uh, inside flap had me pretty curious and I read the first page and I have to agree that's about all it took to sell me I will be reading T. Kingfisher this one is called Nettle and Bone she's got a few others right. the library will be collecting all of hers I believe yes right. uh, then another book that I just finished which took me way longer to read than I thought it would because of my visceral reaction to it, I had to put it away for like a week or so at a time because I just couldn't keep going, was The School for Good Mothers Mm. by Jessamine Chan. Um, This book is like not too distant future about this, like the surveillance that is possible of mothers and who gets to decide whether you are mothering well and whether you are not and the disparity in the expectations placed on mothers Mm. compared to what is placed on fathers. And in this kind of dystopian sort of world, um, these mothers that for whatever infraction they've committed, they've lost their children, they're sent to a school that they have to stay in for a year and they live there and they're being taught how to be good mothers with the use of AI dolls that are created to be the age of the child that they just lost. And these dolls um, with their eyes looking back at you, those eyes are cameras. So they're taking in like if your voice had the right lilting motherese sort of sound to it if your Mm. eyes conveyed enough love if your posture doesn't shows anger or relaxation like to an incredible degree what are you expecting a mother to be able to do like there's one section that they're supposed to do in their schooling called healing with love Mm. so they're not like these dolls are made sick 
in some way, some illness that they're given, and the mothers are not given any kind of medication, like baby aspirin or whatever, they're just supposed to heal their dolls with love. And it's it, it's just such an interesting meditation on what is expected of women mm-hmm. and what is expected of families and what is a lasting impact on a child and who decides what's worthy and what's not worthy mm. in a relationship between a mother and a child. Mm. And what's that called again? The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Excellent. You know, when you said vis- visceral, well, you, where you had to stop reading it and then come back later, I I thought of the Wind Up Brick Chronicle by Haruki Murakami. I remember I read to a point, I felt like I read to a precipice with that book. I felt like I read to a precipice of, I can't go any further psychologically with you right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I did stop for a couple months and did finish it. And it has proven to be one of the better books of all time for me. Uh, but I would say that he's definitely a visceral writer. Yeah. And I think I probably read him more viscerally than cerebrally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, let's let's say final final book. All right. Um really good sci-fi adrian tchaikovsky is an author i've just discovered i read the first in a series called the children of time um very very smart very very creepy Mm -hmm. and cool science fiction adrian (laughs) tchaikovsky i love that perfect i'll be reading more okay three three four words can you can you or a couple sentences okay the next book that i am really excited to read is called americanon by Jess McHugh, mm. and it is the tagline is an unexpected U.S. history in thirteen best-selling books. And nice. why I'm excited is like one of the books is West Webster's Dictionary. Mm. The other book is Betty Crocker's Cookbook. Ooh, and another that is one, exciting. Yeah, is Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. It's just the books that have most shaped American history because they've been bestsellers throughout the history of the United States. Yes. yes really cool so we only have two minutes so you only get a second to answer this question (laughs) this is the lightning question okay so I was was walking through the bookstore this morning and I and I thought which author do I want if I could read a book that they just know that tomorrow it would come out which author this is gonna be kind of a weird way to ask this question but who do I want to read tomorrow and, and I would be guaranteed that they've already written the, the book and that it's there for me and I get to take it home. And I was like, okay, Jillian Flynn. I was thinking, you know, who do I want to read tomorrow? And she doesn't have a new book. But if I could manifest a book from her tomorrow, that's the one I would manifest. Is that clear enough for yes. both of you? Yes. Alyssa. I've been waiting forever for the third book of Patrick Rothfuss in Name of the Wind. Okay. I want that now. Okay. <laughs> and Jesse, anything come no, up? I don't no, have nothing comes up. <laughs> too, too many come up. Yes, mm-hmm. it's true. Too many. All right. So we have done it, my friends. Say, say goodbye to our... See you next month. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Moab. Yeah. And again, you've been listening to Radio Book Club, KZMU. And we'll sign off until next Monday. If you want to find this recording, you can look on the archives at kzmu.org. And we'll have a list up 
at Back of Beyond uh, on our bookshop, backofbeyondbookshop.org. You'll find this list up on there as well. All right. Thank you. We've had fun and enjoy the rest of your evening. Take care. You can hear Radio Book Club live on the KZMU Airwaves every first Monday of the month at 5 p.m. Find archives and book mentions at kzmu.org.